You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Balkan Bread podcast. My name is Amina, and thank you so much for being here. If you're new here, welcome to the family. We're super excited to have you. And if it's your first episode, I hope you're excited because we have over, I think we have over 75 episodes that we've recorded in the past three years. This week is going to be our three-year birthday or anniversary or whatever you want to call it, which is super exciting. And the great thing is I've never run out of people to have on this show. I'm constantly meeting other diaspora and getting a chance to hear their stories. So we have people from all kinds of different career backgrounds and Essentially, the point of doing that is to give you guys some guidance and some advice, and hopefully there's something that you can take away from each episode. If you're interested in a specific you know, career path, um, I just recorded, I think the last two episodes were all about real estate, which was really interesting, something that I didn't know anything really about. So Super excited. Today we have another fellow entrepreneur on the episode, which these are probably my favorite ones to record and just have these conversations with because I think there's a lot that I can also take away from it myself. And I hope that, you know, anyone listening who's thinking starting a business or is just feeling, you know, maybe intimidated or think that they can't do it and all those different, you know, fear-based, I guess, mindsets that tend to run through your head when you are about to, I guess, take a really crazy risk and do something, you know, that most people probably wouldn't do, but that's okay. That's kind of what this is all about. So I'm super excited to have my friend Samir Smilovich on the episode, and I'm just going to hand it off over to him. He's going to introduce himself and just tell you guys a little bit more about what he does. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, this is one of like the bigger Balkan podcasts, so I'm super excited to share uh, everything that I know. But basically, to begin from the very beginning, uh, I was born in Zvornik, which is, well, technically it's Kulagrad, but it's like Zvornik in 1992. And then uh, me and my parents ended up going out to Germany uh, with a like a refugee program that they had. And then uh, basically from there on out, I lived there for a little while and came to St. Louis in 2001. Uh, so uh, I've been here for about 20 years now. It's been a super fun experience and I, I love everything about this country and the opportunities that it gives me. And basically, uh, yeah, I ended up spending a good chunk of uh, elementary and like middle school and stuff just learning about myself. And then during like the high school days, I ended up getting a job with a medical supplier actually. And it's like one of my first, I, my first job was Subway, but it's like one of my second jobs was the medical supply uh, company. And that was first, that was basically my first on experience of like talking to clients and 
just sort of seeing what they're going through because I was a very shy person as a kid. So it just made me, it basically made me open up and it, it's been a life-changing experience. And then from then on out, I basically got into software and have been a software developer since. And I, 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 I basically just love being, doing software and uh, it's been a fun journey so far. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I always think about too, you know, had I not grown up in this country or been somewhere else, if we had stayed in the Balkans, what would my future look like? And I really think that, you know, you in a sense can create your own opportunity wherever you are, but we do have that privilege here to, you know, start our own companies and we don't have these random roadblocks and things hanging over us. Whereas I feel like back home, there's all kinds of random regulations and things that I found. Um, I've talked to people about it before and it's just kind of disheartening to hear because you have all of these really talented and educated people and it's like, they don't have, you know, that, I guess, infrastructure to where they can start their own kind of businesses and things like that. So just wanted to acknowledge that. And yeah, I feel like in St. Louis, I don't know if you have an idea, but since there are, you know, the most Bosnians there um, in the United States, I believe that's the statistic, that's the top city. Would you say that, like, what's a good percentage of people um, that have started businesses that are from the Balkans? Or, like, do you have, like, just a general, I don't know, estimate? I'm just curious because I feel like there's so many people. In St. Louis in particular, uh, since there is so many of us here, there is a Bosnian and I would say almost any profession that you can find. Uh, so we have like printing companies, we have nurses, we have doctors, we have, there's so many different like career paths. Uh, for me personally, I haven't been able to sort of uh, collaborate or get in touch with too many like software development, like Bosnians just that do software development. And I feel like it would be a pretty cool opportunity to sort of collaborate and get something out for the community uh, regarding that. And then another thing that I was thinking for like the longest time is like, it's, it's, I guess it's sad to see that not too many uh, Bosnians are taking like this route on software development. And it would be cool to maybe organize some like uh, classes or something where we can teach like this younger generation if they want to take this like career path because it, IT is the future and it can definitely help and uh, help a lot of these young kids out. Yeah, I think so, because sometimes you get put in this, I don't know, I wouldn't call it like a trap, but it's kind of whatever is the most convenient and whatever everyone else is doing, like, I don't want to call it like stereotypes in our culture in terms of careers that people do, but you guys kind of know what I'm talking about. And so just thinking outside of the box, it's interesting because I feel like with software development and, you know, coding and things like that. I remember when I was teaching in Mostar, they did an entire workshop, I think. I wasn't a part of it, but I just heard about it, which I thought was really cool. Um, one guy had started a, I think it was a software development company or something, I don't know, in that kind of realm. And he basically offered these free classes for students and they could just come in and learn how to code. And I thought that was really cool because, you know, you can kind of take that into a very specific niche. And I think there aren't enough people that do that particular um, profession because it's something that I think 
you know, it definitely looks very hard and difficult and very kind of detail oriented, not to say that other careers and things aren't, but yeah, I think there's definitely a demand for it. When did you first become interested in entrepreneurship? Like, was there a particular experience that made you want to get started or did it just kind of happen by accident? So there was one particular sort of, I don't know if it would be an incident, but there was a teacher in, uh, named Mr. Courage in middle school. And he's probably, who knows, he's probably going to listen to this podcast sometime, sometime in the future. Uh, but I could not find and reconnect with him. Uh, he was like one of the coolest IT teachers I've ever come across. And I think Mr. Courage actually inspired me to take sort of the IT route. Uh, everyone was super ecstatic to sort of go to his class and like, I, I know this probably won't matter now, but like play Halo in his class and uh, just just have fun. Uh, but yeah, he basically gave me the inspiration to uh, continue down a IT career path. And I started building websites in high school. And I thought it was the coolest thing because I could build like websites and products that people can actually see and use like on a daily basis. And that sort of transpired and I just kept doing that until I got to like my early college days. And then I started like, that's when like social media and stuff started like exploding. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm a very like, I, I don't know. I'm a very, I guess I like to explore different career paths and like just different topics and stuff. And then I sort of got, got into marketing and I decided hey, like, what could I do with marketing? And how can I infuse that with social media and all this other stuff? And that's basically where St. Louis events uh, came into play. And I can go into more like more detail about St. Louis events uh, later on. But basically, I ended up after that, I decided, hey, like, I like the whole marketing aspect, but I still love IT even more. So I jumped back into the IT base. And it's basically been a a journey from there. Uh, what I do, I, I love seeing like client reactions when projects are done, they're happy. And now, especially during the pandemic, it's like everything is, is online based. So it's like you're basically, your products are pretty much the eye of like everyone that use them online nowadays. And uh, another thing that I did a bunch of times is like I started freelancing at a early age. And I think that's when sort of the whole entrepreneurship sort of also began because I like doing projects myself and I didn't like like having anyone tell me basically what to do. So it's like I wanted to take stuff into my own hands, finish my projects and see like all the cool stuff that I can uh, build out of that. So, yeah, that's that's basically my small journey. Uh, but, yeah, uh, another thing I wanted to touch bases on is. If people tell you that teachers don't like have a huge impact on you, they are definitely wrong. Uh, teachers have a giant impact and they can actually change people's lives like Mr. Corey changed mine. So I took a IT route and have loved it ever since. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge because 
you know, just having the opportunity to get an education here. And, you know, there's going to be times when I remember high school, college, like not wanting to go to class or, you know, how I signed up for that random class, entrepreneurship. I didn't know what it was. Um, I really just wanted a good grade and it just turned into something totally new. So I think you just never know and you have to be willing to, you know, try and see because it takes a lot of courage. Like you were saying with, you know, starting to design these different websites and eventually doing freelancing on your own because you kind of, I, one thing that I struggled with in the beginning was really just knowing my value and the worth and just everything that I was putting out there for people because it kind of starts out, always starts out as, you know, a silly idea or uh, I don't know if people are going to take this seriously or I don't know if my work is good enough and if I can really put it out there is someone really going to be willing you know to pay me for this and things like that but I think later down the line what you come to realize is you just have to try and you just kind of have to see what works and what doesn't work like for our logo, for instance, I think I changed it like 10 times until I was like pretty satisfied with it. And so I think that just goes to show like you have to try and I feel like it's okay if you find one thing and you don't really like it or like you were saying with, you know, doing things from a marketing aspect. And while that is something that you enjoy, you know, the true passion kind of lies in doing this own, you know, web development kind of route. And I think that's really important to acknowledge because you'll find that a lot of us who go off and start our own businesses, we're very like multi-passionate and we like all these different things. And we're like constantly trying to figure out, I feel like how to put everything either into one business model or how can I extend this into something else? And so, yeah, at the end of the day, I think just doing what you really love is the most important and just being happy with it um, is really all that matters. So going on into your company, St. Louis Events, um, what kind of value do you provide to the community? Do you have a team that works with you? How does that all kind of go into play? And why do you love what you do? So I can sort of start from the beginning and give you like a insights from the uh, very beginning of the company. So and so the reason that I basically started St. Louis events and this is where the whole like entrepreneurship comes into mind. It's like you find a problem and then you want to address that problem and you won't be the only one that can benefit from you addressing that problem. So that's the way that I look at it. So St. Louis events basically started from me searching events online and coming across nothing but boring events. It's like I it's like stuff that I'm just not interested in, no matter how like filtered down it goes. I just I wasn't having good results. And then I would just give up and not go anywhere, you know, and I feel like it would take forever to like search through events and just do all this stuff. And I figured there could be a there could be like an easier way to do this. So then I started basically thinking about, hey, like what can I do and how can I, this benefit, let's say 400,000 people in St. Louis uh, or however much the population is nowadays. And that's where I sort of started thinking and sort of organizing this whole startup thing and like thinking about ways to leverage events and what I could do and how I can benefit the community. 
So I ended up going out and me having the IT expertise, I ended up like building a script where I could export calendar events from like different event, event platforms, organize them and structure them in a way where they are like cool and trendy based on ratings and then have those auto-populate on like social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And what ended up ha- happening is I, I ended up basically getting the latest and trendy events posted on the St. Louis events page. And from there on out, the, the page like basically just ended up blowing up. Like uh, everyone was interested for the convenience of going on Instagram or Facebook or wherever and seeing like the latest events that are happening and they could just bookmark it to their calendar and stuff like that. So this year I am close to like 50,000 locals on there, which is like a huge milestone that I've wanted to achieve from the very beginning. And like the clients that I have worked with in in the past uh, are like the Harlem Globetrotters. Like I've worked with the XFL while it was here for like a short time. I've even worked with like the Mardi Gras organization. And one of the coolest things I think to this day is the fact that I had like Mr. Peanut actually come out to my house. So it's like, you just get like all these benefits and these like perks that from you just doing what you basically love and that's sharing events uh, day in and day out to people that have the same like, have the same problem as you basically. But one of the biggest benefits that I got out of this is I am in a way able to do marketing and advertising for small businesses where other advertising agencies would charge them ridiculous prices for like geolocation targeting and all this other stuff when I could make it hip and trendy for them to advertise on my page and then get the exposure that they need. And also them like inviting me out and us just collaborating in like the best way possible. So I think the next step for St. Louis events, and this was a huge idea prior to like the pandemic, but now once like COVID and everything is over, I want to actually turn it into like a full-blown events agency where I could organize my own events and I could host uh, different things. So it, it will basically be a all in one event agency. So yeah, looking, uh, looking bright for the future. It's really cool to see how this has grown. Like I'm reading here, what you wrote is that you grew the Instagram to over 10 K like in a year, which is really insane. So it just goes to show that you can find something that's really in demand out there. And, you know, like you said, a lot of people overcomplicate business. I found like you're really just solving the problem and giving people value. Like that's all that it is. And I think sometimes when you have all these different factors kind of weighing down on you, you can start to like really just like overthink everything, but you really have to get down to the basics of it and you'll be okay. At least that's what I've learned. Um, But yeah, I think that's awesome. Uh, When did you, okay. So when you were putting together the, page with all these different events and different, I guess, companies that were, you know, working on those events. Did you reach out to those companies prior or were you just kind of categorizing everything and just making it easier for people to find them? So the, so the way that social media, and this is all thanks to like my research and the whole marketing thing, uh, going back to that is like, if you pick a certain niche, uh, for me doing my studying, 
one of the lucky pointers that I have and for people that want to like grow their social media is I have St. Louis in my name and I have events all together. So now when people search on Instagram or, or, or Facebook or wherever, basically those keywords help a lot in helping you find your followers or your future customers and stuff because overcomplicating names or not using names particular to your region uh, can basically throw off your clientele or or whatever so picking a generic name that fits to what you do and your region in my particular case uh ended up working out for me and from like the very beginning i basically didn't reach out to too many people i reached out to i'd say a few here and there uh to collaborate but after 10,000 is basically when I just stopped reaching out to people and I had clients like reach out to me left and right. So it's like you gain, you, you basically don't have to search for clientele if you're doing a good job and promoting and advertising and just keeping your page and everything trendy, those those clients just, they'll, they'll end up coming to you. For sure, for sure. And I think that's the reason why I see, um, if you research anything with social media, just like on, you can even YouTube this stuff and you can find all kinds of information, but it's the same reason why if you're a wedding photographer and, you know, instead of putting your name, like your actual, you know, first and last name in your Instagram bio, you know, you should put Atlanta wedding photographer or Phoenix wedding photographer. It's just easier for people to find you because, if you're searching for some particular service on Instagram, um, it will pop up. And, you know, this just reminded me of whenever I was looking for just things to do in Atlanta or like coffee shops or something. Like I always go on Instagram. I'm that person that's like looking. And then me and Manella, um, my friend, will just send each other a bunch of different locations and spots. And I think there's two main accounts that are constantly posting like, hey, there's this new spot try this, you know, go see this. There's always something to do, which is a great benefit to living in a bigger city um, versus I think you could still do this on a small town scale. I don't see why not. Um, it might be even easier to like work with people and reach out to them, but I think that's really cool. And then for talking about the pandemic, because it really affected, I think, everyone's business. Um, no matter what you do, I think you had to kind of pivot in some way, shape or form. So how did it affect St. Louis events? Because as you can imagine, there probably weren't very many events going on when all that started happening. Yes. Yeah, so there for me personally, there was like advantages and disadvantages. And this goes for both like St. Louis events and just doing IT in general. So, of course, I mean, St. Louis events had its disadvantages with events not being present and the pandemic, like uh, keeping everyone at home and stuff. But from like the IT perspective, it definitely had its advantages because everything was online based. Uh, so from the IT side, I ended up getting so many more new uh, freelance projects. I ended up working with so many uh, new, I, I, I call them friends at this point. They're not even customers. They're like friends because everyone that I do work with, I build a bond and a sort of networking connection the, and they're automatically my friends. Like if they ever need future assistance, I, I, I'm always open to help them out. So I don't treat anyone as like clients. 
Uh, from like the whole St. Louis events uh, perspective, there was still events going on, which I just didn't feel like it was my duty or like, let, let me rephrase this. I, I felt like it was my responsibility to sort of not promote events in hopes that I don't cause a sort of, I, I didn't want to be the sole responsibility of something happening to someone because of me promoting and them going out to an event. So, and basically to rephrase everything, it's like, I wanted to keep people safe and not promote these events and not have people sort of know about them until this pandemic thing is over. So it's like, I chose to do that myself. I didn't have to do that, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. And I feel like once this whole COVID and pandemic thing is over, we can get back on our feet and uh, just have fun and go from there. Yeah, for sure. I think you have to be careful about how you portray yourself on social media and what you're telling people and what you're putting out there because things can obviously be interpreted in different ways, but obviously, you know, you can't just be like, come out to this party and it's, you know, however many cases, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. And this frustrates me that I, there's definitely people that run businesses that they just like don't really care much about anyone else. And they're just in it really for the money. And I feel like they would just promote things because just to promote them. I don't even know. It's really weird seeing how that's changed, even just with like Bosnian concerts, let's say. I have no idea what is going on. Like I am constantly getting uh, invites to these events. <laughs> and I'm just like, is anyone actually going to this? Like, I don't even know if this is for this year or if it was for last year. Like there was supposed to be a Tsurvenayabuka concert or something. And I'm like, why am I getting invited to this? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what the status is with that, but I just felt really uneasy. I really didn't, uh, I didn't hang out with a lot of people when this first started going on, but I think definitely I saw people going out and doing stuff and it just didn't make, didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, hopefully now with the vaccine and everything start to start to kind of yeah. get out of this so. yeah and social media is like a very powerful platform and like like you said there's certain things that you your actions and your words speak uh for yourself you know and me having like i i think it might be like the second largest st louis based like handle on instagram and stuff it's like i have to be very cautious of and take responsibility of what i do and yeah, at the end of the day, I just felt like it was the right thing to do on, it, it doesn't even matter like at the, about the money and stuff at the very end of the day, it's like keeping people safe is, is, was like my bigger priority. Okay, let's talk about mistakes. Because um, we all love to talk about that, right? <laughs> One thing is, I feel like when you're an entrepreneur and you're constantly trying things, I have no like issue admitting failure. It's just kind of like, okay, it happened. What did I learn from it? How can I take the next step and kind of resolve the issue essentially? But I'm curious to know what are some common mistakes entrepreneurs make in the beginning stages of launching their businesses and what advice do you have for those people? So one of the first things that you have to overcome, and a lot of people don't do this, it's like you have to basically, there's always a risk 
on starting your own business or doing whatever. So you have to get over that fear of that risk, you know? And basically another thing that I really want to touch bases on is a lot of people take very large steps and they expect their business to boom like from the very beginning. And that is a huge mistake. Uh, the reason that that is a huge mistake is because you're you're taking these giant steps and you're not at one point you're just going to be stuck and you won't I don't know you just won't feel motivated anymore. So this is this has helped me from like day one and this is the process that I take. So I think of it as like a I, I don't know let's think of it as like a staircase. Uh, you're taking step by step. And let's say if you slip on a certain step, yeah, you're you're probably going to slip one step back, but you also have a railing to assist you and all this other stuff where you can basically just, once you get back up, you're on to the next step. So you can count that as like your failure and then you jump right back into wherever you need to go. But let's say, I don't know if you've ever seen like those raised stepping stones, uh, certain like cities have like raised stepping stones where you can jump from one to another. So let's say you're on those stepping stones and you're like jumping and it's a giant gap between those. And like you jump and you fall and you hurt yourself. You're going to think back and you're going to be like, well, maybe I don't want to do that again. I might hurt myself again. That's, that's a giant leap that you're taking and you can lose motivation on not wanting to climb back on that stepping stone and trying again. So I always thought of it this way, always take very small steps, no matter what you do, it's, it, it could be like the simplest thing, but write it down, take those steps and make sure that you sort of document to see your progress. So the way I do things, it's like, I have sort of a to-do list that I keep a track record for like a year's time span or whatever. And I look back and I'm like, okay, so I took this amount of small steps this month, I can pro I can probably take this amount of small steps the next month. And that's how I keep consistent. Mm -hmm. And it's like that has helped me from the very from like the very first day. And another thing that people have to be very cautious of, like if you're a entrepreneur and you want to make it, you're probably going to have a lot of like sleepless nights. That's just one of the things that you have to sort of sacrifice from the very beginning. And when I first started St. Louis events, like I would be up like researching, I would be up studying, I would be up doing so many different things on getting the knowledge because I know people have seen uh, things online where it says like you work your day job, but then from like uh, six to nine or where, wherever is like where you build your empire. And that is so true. That is so true. Like if you don't utilize that time for your business and you just utilize it on like Netflix and, and don't get me wrong, Netflix is chill. Like everything about it is cool, but it's like you just make yourself like these time frames where you actually gain the knowledge to help your uh, business. And then another thing that helped me a lot is like I utilize a lot of these online uh, video resources. So like YouTube, like you can be on YouTube, but you can go to certain sections where you can learn so much about like entrepreneurship and so many different things regarding your topic instead of just like watching random videos, you know? So it's just, it's just what I did and what has helped me in the very long run. And it's, it's worked to my advantage so far. For sure. For sure. I think that's something people overlook a lot of the time because 
what happened with me is people would come up to me and say, well, how did you start making clothes? And I would, like feel dumb saying like, well, I just Googled it. Like I just YouTubed it. I just looked it up. And of course I talked to other people who were in this, you know, already doing it and learning from other people, I think is also huge. But even if you don't have someone from the get go that can connect you to, um, you know, someone who's already a leader and doing the same thing that you want to do, essentially, that's, I feel like the best way to learn um, when you're starting out, but you can still go on YouTube and watch these different videos, like for setting up a website and, you know, adding on like the e-commerce element. There's so many tutorials. I feel like anybody could build, you know, a Shopify store if they just watch a couple of videos on it. Like it's really they don't make it as complicated as it used to be, I feel like, just because so many more people now are wanting to take that step and, you know, become their own bosses. Because I remember when I was in college, like probably those last two years was really when this whole idea of just the girl boss, like mentality, like that started to become like a huge thing. And I really started to see a lot more just women in my life being like, oh, well, I'm just going to go and try this thing. Or, you know, I started this consulting business or I'm going to do photography or I'm going to do this. And I I think it's a really cool thing um, just for them to take that risk. But like you said, you know, working the day job and then coming home and working on the other job or working on your passion, it is so hard. And I don't think a lot of people realize what goes into it because I remember when I had my day job and just, I would commute like an hour and a half to work because of traffic. It was terrible. Um, work, whatever, nine to five. I think some days I'd leave at like 4.30 come home, you know, take a shower, work out, whatever I needed to do. And then I would literally be on my computer until I like probably fell asleep doing stuff for Balkan Bread or on the weekends is when I would have the most time to work on it. So that's when we would schedule, you know, all of our photo shoots and, oh, hey, we want to, you know, do this thing or go to this event or hang out with these people or whatever it might be. But it was very difficult. And I honestly don't know how I did it. Like, people are like, how did you do that? I'm like, I have absolutely no idea. It was not, not ideal. But I think if you really want it, you're going to work for it. And if it's something that you're really passionate about, and I don't know, you just feel like this connection to it, just everything with what I do and, you know, meeting other diaspora and hearing their stories, like that kind of stuff is what really keeps me motivated and keeps me going. And Sometimes you can't rely on yourself to be, you know, motivated 100% of the time. I mean, that's just completely unrealistic. But when you get started, you can learn to achieve, I guess, a certain amount of discipline. And I think discipline is what really gets you further along, you know, this path that you're taking. Gonna fail, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And you can't, like you mentioned, you can't always be motivated. I mean, sometimes you have to give yourself a break. You have to go and like do fun activities. You just have to sit back and do nothing at times. Like don't, if you start feeling burnt out and this has happened to me so many times, like that's when, you know, you have to step back, don't do anything, refresh. And like for me in particular, like I go to the gym usually every day and that has helped me like refresh my brain. It's like, it's one of those things that's mandatory. I'm putting everything down and I'm like refreshing my brain or I'm, I'm actually going to end up like getting burnt out completely. 
But another thing that I would suggest is like for people that need that extra push or that motivation, it's like there's so many entrepreneurship like groups and like I use like Discord groups and stuff like that. And I even have friends in like uh, WhatsApp chats and stuff that as soon as you basically let your guard down on the whole entrepreneurship stuff, they basically just put you back in your place. It, they're like, no, this yeah. is your goal you have to do this and i've missed out on so many like different gatherings with friends and stuff because of us like wanting to get something done and in the long run when you look back you're like oh it was so worth it definitely definitely it's hard because you feel like there's always this fear of like missing out or if i don't go out tonight then, yep. but, but a lot of the time like you really don't miss anything you know that's yep. what i learned in college it was literally missing nothing like I'm just gonna be at home I really don't care so and I think like you said the mentorship aspect of that is huge I had a mentor I've had several mentors just from even before I like landed on this idea I wanted to do something totally different that I didn't even end up doing um, I was going to start a coaching business for female entrepreneurs but I never run a business so I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> Not to say that it's impossible, but I just kind of started it and I was like, I don't even know where this is going. Like, I don't have the content. I don't have the experience for this. It doesn't make sense. But one of my mentors early on, she really does that. Like she worked with, I don't know if her company, I don't know if she ended up selling her company or what exactly happened, but I know she does just like one-on-one -on -one coaching and she majored or got her master's in I think positive psychology it's a very interesting degree but basically the company that she started and founded with her friend was focused on helping women in the workplace you know negotiate things like their salary their you know are you going to work from home obviously before the pandemic and just things like that and you know being able to basically um Kind of determine I guess your worth and know how valuable you are and so that's a major thing that she focused on and always kind of instilled in me from the beginning and those are the people that are going to ask you questions when you're feeling like oh my god there's no way this is going to work or I'm not making enough or I'm not breaking even or they're going to be the people that are like okay well you know how many sweatshirts do you need to sell in like a week to make this much money? And then like, they'll break it down for you. And I think that really helps because it's overwhelming to do it all on your own. And it's, it's impossible to do everything by yourself. Like starting out, you're going to have to do things obviously alone, but yeah, that's one thing I learned early on. And then going back to just the whole like burning out, definitely been there. Um, that was not fun at all. I think there are things too, like if you're in a, I just want to say, if you're in a job where you feel like it's literally like um, harming your like mental health and you feel like you're not, you're putting as much effort and as much as you possibly can into the job. I found this a lot with not just myself, but with other of my friends and they're like, you know, this pandemic is making this work from home thing terrible. Like I can't even go use the bathroom. They're like, where are you? Why aren't you online? And like, there wasn't really that concrete, I guess, boundary. And I just felt like I wasn't really 100% being valued by like certain members um, of the team in that position. And Anyway, that is a whole other long story, but basically it just kind of lands you, I think, where you need to be and where you can really focus and put your time and energy and that just leaving that whole kind of environment helped me so much. And then obviously 
being surrounded by people that are, you know, going to support you is huge. Like having a good support system when you start out is really important. And there are going to be people who are going to be like, I don't even know, like they won't even say it, like they really won't say it to your face sometimes, but you can just tell they're like, oh, you know, that's not going to go far. Like, I don't know what that girl is doing. I felt that personally, like when I graduated from college, because Okay, first of all, I was going through like probably one of the like most difficult times in my life. Like my dad just passed away. I graduated. I went to Bosnia for like three months. I taught these kids. I did all this stuff, right? And so ended up coming back home and I didn't have like a full-time job lined up. Like, you know, 99% of people seemed like I was like, am I the only one that like doesn't really want to work for someone else? You know, it's kind of bizarre, but okay. And I had just started Balkan Bread and I remember like, just, I don't even know, just in passing or with other, you know, whatever family friends or people. And, you know, they're like, oh, my daughter got a job at this Fortune 500 company or this person is going to be that. And not to like derail from, you know, whatever career you're pursuing, if it's something that you enjoy, like, please go for it. But I just feel like a lot of those people were like, oh, you're selling shirts. Like, that's really cute. And I'm like, but you don't get it. And I remember it's so funny, like one particular situation, um, one of the people was saying like, she was really trying to get me to work for her, like at her, whatever company that she worked at. And I was just like, I don't want to, but like, you know, I need income at that point, whatever, I don't know. And then um, this other person was like, like Amina, so shy. Like you can do this, you know. Like you know, here's the printing machines you can get. Like you know, this is how you can get started out. And so I think you have to recognize it within yourself, but also don't listen to the people that are just like don't take you seriously because you can still make it and you can still go far. Um, I think that's really important to acknowledge because sometimes people are going to be that way. Not everyone, but it does happen. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, and especially like you mentioned, you went through a hard time in your life. So it's usually when you're like at your low that you're the most creative, that you're the most like, I don't know, that's where all the good ideas and all that's where basically your entrepreneurship foundation starts. And to go back to the whole 500 uh, Fortune 500 uh, company thing, like I know people that work for Fortune 500 companies that are like downright depressed. Like Mm -hmm. it's not... It's not as fun. It, it might seem like gold on the outside, but honestly, they are depressed on the inside and it's not worth it. At the, at the end of the day, you're, they, they'll replace you like they could replace you right now. So it's not something that, yeah, you, you're proud that you work for a Fortune 500 company and like congratulations, that, that's a huge achievement. But it's like I, I personally know people that, that are depressed working there and it's just it's not as fun as they make it seem but having your own business and following your dreams and like your passions and doing what you absolutely love, even though it might not seem like a fortune 500 company, it honestly just brings you more happiness. It brings you a lot more happiness. You know, it's yours. You built it from the bottom up and like you can basically, uh, that's your future right there. Exactly. And that's what I always tell people is like, you know, where do you see this going? Or, you know, do you want to really continue growing? Or is this just something that you're doing for fun? Or like, what's going on? And I always say, you know, no, I mean, this is something that I think has the potential to really connect a lot of people and people from a lot of different walks of life, you know, obviously we all have this one thing in common and that's going to stay that way forever. Like that's not something that 
you can lose. Um, I had a conversation with someone when I first started everything. And I remember she was saying, you know, I feel like people like genuinely fear like losing their like Balkan identity. And that's not really something that you can lose. It's something that always stays within you. Like no matter where you go, no matter what job you're working, um, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, like that's something you can always go back to. And I think that's really the primary reason like why I started this is like oh my god there's so many cool people and if I hadn't done this like I wouldn't have met you know my friends Arena I wouldn't have met Selma or Azra or all these different people it's just like crazy to think like if I hadn't you know done this like we wouldn't be sitting here like having this conversation so um I think it goes to show like definitely just get after it and just keep trying no matter no matter what because at the end of the day it's something that you enjoy and that's really all that matters. Do you have anything else that you want to add just to like close out the episode? If not, I'll just let you share your, um, I guess, social media handles and just how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, uh, no, I think we basically touched uh, topics on everything. I've It's been an honor, like I said, being on Vulcan Red's podcast and like it, it, it was basically a fun experience. Uh, I look forward to working with you and like collaborating and learning new things from you. And yeah, it was just, it was an awesome time. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on and just sharing your story. And, you know, I think this is going to be really good for anyone who's starting out. Um, And if you are, I guess, listening and you're in the St. Louis area and you need someone to connect with on a particular topic, they can always reach out to you. I'll have all of your information in the show notes episode um section of the podcast so thank you guys again for listening and if you're interested in being featured on an upcoming episode you can send us an email it's hello at balkanbread.com so thank you guys again for listening and we'll see you on our next episode